Hello and welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist feminist podcast that is still navigating bisexuality. Today we have Zoe, Laura, Ozzy, and Kellen. And today, in honor of Bi Awareness Week slash Bi Day of Visibility, um, which is Friday, the day that this episode comes out for the general population, if you're not on our Patreon, rude. Um, but <laughs> we're going to do uh, an update to our 93rd episode, Navigating Bisexuality, from a few years ago, before Ozzy was on the podcast. So mm-hmm. this is... Yeah, so for me, it's just introducing <laughs> bisexuality. <laughs> yes, never been talked about before. It's a... Yeah. Uh, it- surprise he's coming out to you <laughs> all today coming out right now <laughs> i'm mixed I, uh, I did look it up it's from over three years ago it was summer 2019 whoa wild yeah i looked it up too because i was trying to like contextualize updates mm. and i i looked back oh, at our doc to be like oh that's funny yeah, I looked back at the document to like see what we talked about because I wanted to make sure that oh, yeah. we kind of did some new stuff. Speaking of, um, to recap some of the highlights from that episode, we talked about the difference between using the terms um, bi and pans. We talked about bi erasure. We talked about mental health impacts for bi folks. We talked about why people think that bi people are hoes. Um and some of them are correct. We talked about being trans and bi and several other topics. Um, of course, also, it was when we decided that Rosé is by canon. So that was a really important episode. You can go back to that for more on those topics. And then this past spring on our Gay Awakenings episode, we talked more about our own specific journeys to like kind of realizing our queerness, which is all to say today's episode is for us to maybe share like updates in our own journeys and topics that we don't feel like we've really covered yet or covered adequately yet. Plus, we have some questions from you all that we got through Instagram and Discord, and we'll be getting to some of those as well. So I thought that we could start off by just kind of talking about updates that we want to share when it comes to navigating bisexuality or sexuality um, in general. Is there anywhere we want to start? Um, Sure. Well, I was thinking, so I had the distinct honor of being able to see Ozzy and Kellen in real life, in person this summer. And when we were on a gorgeous little beach, we talked about this Kinsey scale. Um, So basically, this is for me, I don't know how useful of a tool it is, but we've also discussed that it can be useful. So I think it might be useful in the in the context of this episode. Um, but basically, zero is like straight, the straight straight, and six is gay, fully gay, homosexual. Um, in case you weren't sure what gay meant homosexual (laughs) i feel like gay can to many of us means many things and i'm just like specifically homosexual Mm -hmm. yeah it's funny because like as you're saying that i'm like i feel like i'm a six for all genders right (laughs) (laughs) um six 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 yeah exactly um 
I guess I just to like place myself on the scale though I do feel like I'm extremely bisexual in that I'm into like many different genders pretty equally I guess I do have like genders that I'm more into than others but I think for me it's like I'm often into people that have some type of like gender fuckery going on (laughs) like something that is not just purely like man or woman um but the genders that I am attracted to for me it doesn't necessarily break down along like male female lines or like boy girl lines it's more that there are like some types of masculinity that I'm more attracted to some types of femininity that I'm more attracted to but like between the two it's pretty balanced for me um I guess the other thing I'll say is that I feel like my partner's like relationship to their sexuality and gender and my gender also impacts things for me so I guess like I don't know like if I am with someone who is extremely monosexual either straight or gay that might feel like harder just because they don't understand as much of like what it's like to be bi versus like someone who is also bi or pan or like has more fluid sexuality um I just love being with other bi people hell yeah Laura, did you want to add something to Aussies or do you want me to go? Um, yeah, I guess I can go. Um, basically, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because there's many different rules, right? Like six if it's like gay for everyone. Um, yeah, I don't know. I basically think I'm a six. It's to the point where I, I don't I don't really have sex with cis men or straight people but that's kind of what you're saying too Ozzy is like it's like right you gotta be funky fresh in your gender you gotta be (laughs) down with the queerness and if you're not then like I don't really I don't understand um but that being said I I lean I lean lesbian hard (laughs) yeah yeah I think also we talked about this in the last bi episode, but like my working definition, not that I came up with, but like a definition that I relate <laughs> to of bisexuality um, is like that it's being attracted to your own gender and other genders. Um, and so that can mean like so many different things. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, okay. I <laughs> get so stressed out as you all know, by making choices mm-hmm. and by numbers, but I really tried. I really tried. Um, because my sexuality has like really fluctuated and we're going to get into that more, but here's what I'll say. Um, at first, when I first came out is cause I was dating my girlfriend in high school and I, at that time, pretty much identified as a lesbian, probably like a Kinsey five, um, Still, still thought like some boys were cute, but I was like, I like would not date a boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then due to several layers of trauma, which we're going to get into, lucky you all, um, I started hooking up with and like dating men more later. And now I feel like based off my like crushes and dating pool that I, I would identify like probably in the middle, but yeah, I think it just really fluctuates for me. And also defining myself as a label or a number gives me so much anxiety (laughs) 
but I tried to play the game. I think that's also on. very fair. You're that's why I also... You're beyond the scale. Yeah, this is just one one guy's tool, you know? Yeah. Like... Right. But I agree. I feel like it can be helpful for, like, describing it or, like, yeah. articulating it to yourself. But I'm also, like, I just say I'm bi because I don't want to have to choose or, like, <laughs> define it further than that. Yeah. I like this exercise for us. I just had to describe my own anxiety with it. No, that makes total sense. <laughs> um, I identify as a Kinsey 5 because, like, when I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, if I had to separate, like, only think about men or women and just exclude non-binary people from this conversation entirely, um, like, what I like how do I feel attracted to people who are of a binary gender and for me I'm much more into women than I am into men when it comes to like binary genders and I think for me it's also a five in the sense of for me like I'm pretty feminine like how do I feel about people's sort of gender and gender presentation and I'm just generally much more into feminine energy um and so I'm generally more attracted to feminine women and fi- feminine non-binary people. But like, that doesn't mean that I don't find some like masculine envies and masculine women attractive and also like a very small number of masculine men. Um, but like my current partner is a queer man who like self-describes as mask, but is also in some ways like definitely more feminine than I think a lot of like men especially like generic cis straight men are like encouraged to be um like he's very comfortable with expressing the parts of him that are are feminine even if he like overall identifies as masculine but yeah i think for me a lot of my attraction is just like mapped onto to femininity and masculinity rather than gender and it's just that like men are conditioned to be more masculine so i'm generally less attracted to them um so it's like heavily gendered in that sense um but also i just think having a lot of trauma related to men makes me additionally less likely to want to have sex with them like as a rule um so yeah i'm i'm i would say like a five with the caveat that like there's really this is like from the 1950s and like existed in a time when people were thinking about gender as like a binary in the western world much more so than thankfully we are today um but it's still fun yeah, yeah totally so i think with that little intro into where we're feeling on the kinsey scale we're going to talk more about like our own sexuality journeys and things that we've been thinking about since our our last episode like three plus years ago um and thank you helen for introducing sexual trauma um i'm going to talk about how i have trauma from people of all genders and how that's affected my sexuality so thank you so much but yeah these are things like from from when i was younger but that i guess i've been processing more recently like how they've how they've been affecting me. So we'll just get into it. Um, And yeah, these are not really things I've talked about on the podcast, let alone, honestly, most people currently in my life. So welcome to your Seasons of Bitch exclusive. Exclusive. You heard it here (laughs) first, everyone. You heard it here first. Like, God forbid anyone who really knows who is listening. (laughs) If you're related to me, you can tune out right now. Thank you so much. But also in in earnest, um, 
content warning. I will be mentioning assault, but I'm not going to be going into details. But if you don't even want to hear um, a reference, then then just skip a hell of it. And yeah. So the beginning part I have shared before, I'm kind of going to tell a, a bit of a chronological-ish um, tale. So yeah, so as I mentioned, I came out when I was like 16 or 17. I was a junior in high school, started dating my first girlfriend. Um, although I was also, I realized today when I was thinking about this, I was probably kind of out sooner because I made out with another girl in high school when I was 14 and like everybody found out and I was talking about it. So um, maybe sooner, <laughs> who's to say? That's also but- <laughs> traumatic. That's, that was the first trauma right there. It Everyone honestly, it was. Um, and yeah, so then my girlfriend and I dated for like two to three ish years. Uh, I have a really bad concept of time, but basically till early on in college, she was pretty emotionally manipulative and also had a really creepy stepdad, um, which I'm not going to get into beyond that, but we're, we're just going to leave that there as a, as a hanging chat. Um, I don't know if that's a proper use of hanging chat, but it feels right to me. I think you should use it that way. <laughs> he's, he's out there. Um, and yeah, so around the same time in high school, um, one of my, oh, several of my close friends, like mysteriously decided that I was quote annoying. That's like the reason they gave and just like stopped inviting me to things, stopped inviting me to sleepovers. Um, and mind you prior to that, a lot of our sleepovers were like us drinking and making out with each other. And then a lot of them had weird feelings once they found out that I was like actually into other girls. Or also one of them specifically was offended that then she was like, so I'm not your type. And I was like, no, you're my friend. And then she was like offended, but then she was like also weirded out. And she was the one that told everyone else that like, I was annoying now. Um, Take that as you will. She recently married a cis man. Um, Right around this same time in high school. So little Zoe's doing incredible right now. Um, my best friend passed away. So I was like grieving really heavily. And this is relevant specifically in terms of sexuality. Cause she had two moms who were like my lesbian icons. And honestly, they still are. They they're like my reply guys to my Instagram story. And I love them so much. That's so um, sweet. Yeah. They're like precious angels, Lisa and Donna. I love you so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like all happening around the same time. And that was also complicated because like, I was grieving my friend a lot and there was this narrative that a lot of people put on it that like I was grieving her loss because I was like secretly in love with her because I had like also just come out and I was like oh that's no yeah so all of these things then I go to college and um early on into me I entered college I was assaulted by a man and one of the justifications used against me was like well why would you have sex with a man if you're a lesbian and I was like well, that's such a great point as to why I did not choose to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like the assault and the aftermath were pretty like vile, I will say. Yeah. Um, and one of my reactions, at least like at that point, was hypersexuality. So I started having a lot of sex with people of various genders, including a lot of cis men to like reclaim my sexuality. 
And then also wanted to throw into the story, honorable mention, some of my close dude friends at this point in my life stopped being friends with me after they found out that I like wasn't solely a lesbian, but just didn't want to hook up with like them specifically. Like they were like, oh, now that you're like interested in men, but not me, I can't be friends with you. Um, Absolutely not. (laughs) Exactly. So, so we're we're painting a picture and I just want to say, I'm not saying all of this is like because I'm bi inherently, but trying to show like these overlapping traumas that were happening to small, small little Zoe, precious angel. Um, and yeah, which was like overlapping with my sexuality in a lot of ways that I don't think I necessarily like pieced all of it together mm-hmm. until more recently. So, and then the last kind of theme that I have going on here is Like throughout all of this, I'm going to start by describing a scene in Pretty Little Liars that (laughs) really reminded me of what I've been trying to get at. And this is from the new Pretty Little Liars, if you're familiar. If you're not, you don't really need the context to understand the scene. Basically, two of the girls are like consensually kissing, but then a third girl who's friends with them walks in and is like, oh my God, what are you doing? And one of the girls jumps back and completely like blames the other girl and it is says something along the lines of like, she coerced me and was like, what are you doing? You kissed me. And it like all gets put on this other girl and like she gets ostracized for it. And this was very reminiscent of a lot of experience that I had, particularly like being out so young. And since I'm hot, um, (laughs) sorry, um, a lot of people (laughs) would like kind of use me in different ways for like experimentation and then also blame me for it. If people found out or if they had their own hangups, they'd be like, wait, I don't know if I'm bi. I feel like actually like you were flirting with me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, no, no. Um, which to this day, this is part of how a lot of this came up for me is that I'm like very sensitive to feeling like I am a part of like experimentation for people and the coven can attest to this. Yeah. This makes me think of what we like recently talked about with respect to you being wary of people who are like new to their queerness in your like dating and sex life. Not saying like everybody's new to their queerness at some point, but like I just remember us talking about how you were like, I don't really want to be that person for you. And I feel like this history, like the way you've like laid it out so clearly, like it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, if you're new to your queerness, I'm so happy for you. I won't be dating you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Give it like a year or two and then DM Zoe. Yes. Get back to me later. Um, On our first date, we won't be talking about your ongoing internalized biphobia, but like, let me know when you've worked through that. And (laughs) (laughs) anyway, and actually, as I was thinking about this, there were like more and more examples that I could think of, but I'm just going to tell one because I'm not trying to trauma dump on our audience. I'm just trying to (laughs) tell. I, I don't think that there's a lot of narratives about like coming out early that aren't either explicitly like it was a very homophobic environment Mm -hmm. or it's like I was in the closet and then like here's what was like coming out later so Mm. hopefully hopefully this is helpful but the worst of both worlds yeah (laughs) exactly um so lastly in this vein I'm gonna tell a story I'm going to ask the coven to, to give this person a code name because I don't want to use her name. Give me a name. 
Garly. Garly. Oh, that's a horrible fucking name. I was like, that's the real name, but it sounds terrible, so I want you to use it. Okay, Garly. <laughs> so just to, at this point in, in, in my life, in this story, I'm in my like very early 20s. I dropped out of college following the assault. I went back to a different college. I meet someone. We become super close friends. We're like hanging out all the time. Over time, we start developing feelings for each other. And Garly <laughs> um, <laughs> told me that she was bi. At this point, I don't believe she told me that she had like never been with anyone other than a cis man. She mm. had a disgusting boyfriend at the time. And um, he realized. Gurgly? gurgly, yeah. Um, gurgly realized that like she had feelings for me or like that it was mutual or whatever he realized and got really jealous. And he started harassing me because he's fucking insecure and I'm way hotter than him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And they were like on and off. So then she would kind of like come back to like being my Mm -hmm. friend and we would be like flirting and stuff like that. So then I moved to somewhere else and she was supposed to come visit me for my birthday. Mind you, at this point, we've been really close friends for like a couple of years and I like, had expressed deeper feelings for each other on multiple occasions. She goes me. She does not come for my birthday. Like the last oh, really? time we had talked, Mm-mm. she was like about to be coming for my birthday, my 21st birthday. Oh, my God. She just doesn't. She goes me. She doesn't show up. Um, I spent my 21st birthday crying and drinking hard cider that I bought at the Whole Foods and called my mother crying. Um, and if you know me at all, you know that I fucking love my birthday. So this was like very cruel. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine that like Garly knew that, you know, yeah, fuck you, Garly. Exactly. Fuck you, Garly, enemy the bad. <laughs> and it turns out I found out like later that she had decided to go back with her disgusting boyfriend, Gurgly. And <laughs> <laughs> he was like so insecure about our friendship that she told him that like she never had feelings for a femme before and basically blamed the entire thing on me, which like that I had been like pushing for it and she mm-hmm. like didn't actually want to and all the mm-hmm. shit. She ended up apologizing for it many, many months later, but it was like too little too late for me at that point. Of course. Um, and yeah, in a lot of ways, like trusting close queer friends or close friends at all took me like a very long time after this. Mm-hmm. And in part, that's why on the fifth year anniversary episode, when we, like the coven was all talking about how important these friendships are um so tying it back but yeah now we've reached the point in the story I'm in my early 20s this has all happened I'm like being gay is truly not going so hot for me (laughs) you know what I've never tried is dating a cis man and I was like you know what what if I just like fuck around and date a man and I'm I'm not going to continue into the man dating phase and how that went because I I think we can all guess um (laughs) but (laughs) spoiler alert Spoiler alert. But yeah, that's um, a lot of bisexual feelings that I hadn't shared before. So thank you all. Oh, thank you, Zoe. Thank you so much. I feel like like if you go back and listen to the original um, Navigating Bisexuality episode, which I listened to like half of today to prepare for this, mm. um, I share a lot of info about like my like coming to queerness when like Zoe said there's also that episode like explicitly about it so I guess I can share an update on what (laughs) has happened since the navigating bisexuality episode um so in that episode um I was like 
yeah ha 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 i i'm in like a long-term relationship with a man ha 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 everything's fine i'm i'm not like internally dying um i was in fact internally dying i came to the realization that i had to like end things with him because i was too gay for the relationship like literally three months after we recorded the the episode um so significant moment in my life swiftly followed Uh, (laughs) (laughs) did it take me another like three months to do it absolutely but I came to the realization in November um, of that year at any rate um so I like edited things I was like okay I'm evaluating like my sexuality like I kind of thought I needed to end things because I was like I must be a lesbian basically and like Part of it was me coming to terms with, as I mentioned, the fact that I'm just not that interested in, like, masculinity. And the guy that I was with was just, like, kind of a classic, like, cis man who, like, you know, masculinity was important to him in ways that, like, I think it is for a lot of, you know, cis men, especially straight men. And I just, like, couldn't vibe with that. And related to, to yeah, and related to what a lot of y'all have talked about, like, I feel like, it's just I'm also at a point where I can't imagine dating somebody who's not at least a little bit gay at this point like I'm I know that like when I've talked to my straight friends like after I came out like the sec you know when I came out like after like as like oh I'm like fully fully gay I'm when I broke up with my my partner um I did tell a couple of my straight friends like they had the like am I your type conversation and I was like no because you're straight like it's not even why do straight people like, do that yeah because it's, it's just like I'm not <laughs> attracted to straight people like it doesn't just, make any I'm, fucking sense. The fact of your straightness makes me not attracted to you. Right. No, so, like, you're not my type because you're not into me, and that's a turn off for me. Right. <laughs> uh, shockingly. <laughs> and I, yeah. So I think the like I'm a lesbian thing was definitely an overcorrection. I do. I'm not. I am not a lesbian. I am, as I mentioned like I mean we I've already talked about like how I'm attracted to people but like I there are there are like a few like cis men that I am interested in or like would be interested in and I hooked up with one of them last summer being like oh ha 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 this will be a funny thing to do he's super hot like I haven't hooked up with a guy in a really long time and then just like almost immediately fell in love with him so like jokes on me um (laughs) But we, it's really nice because he's also queer and like we are in an open relationship, which like I could never, would never have been possible with like my ex-partner. Not, not that that's the reason we needed to break up, but it's just so nice to like be with a queer person and have like a, like a not hetero monogamous relationship and like be in this space where I feel, even though I'm dating a man, I feel so differently in terms of like, feeling like a queer person every day of my life and like loving that yeah well and like the exploration wasn't possible in the previous relationship like you couldn't even because you said like an open relationship wouldn't be possible but even like thinking about it wasn't really yeah no he was like that was like really if you think about like why we needed to break up it wasn't that I was a lesbian I mean part of it is I wasn't attracted to him so like that's a reason enough in and of itself but like um (laughs) I he I don't want to speak Illinois I agree. I t- I but agree. um, but also 
but also the fact that like he couldn't accept my queerness because he didn't like the fact that I was attracted to anybody that wasn't him like just was uncomfortable with that basic fact and all you know to his credit was like well I don't really I don't really find anybody but you attractive and I was like that's not healthy like that's not 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 the relationship dynamic that I wanted and like since obviously sort of a fundamental piece of not being straight is like attraction the fact that I was attracted to people with similar genders to me made him uncomfortable because it wasn't him and like that was just I basically like just couldn't sort of freely express the fact that I was queer and that ultimately like was never gonna work yeah totally you can't also not dating normies is part yeah. of it you know yeah. um, it's very true yeah I know Ozzy never met my ex but because you came in the sort of aftermath of our right. breakup as I was starting to deal with all of that but I know Zoe and Laura have their thoughts so just imagine like a nice warm bowl of oatmeal that is kind of true like in a in a good and for better and for worse yeah you know sweet comforting not super exciting yeah bland <laughs> sits in your stomach for a while <laughs> while you're processing what to do oh you my know? god <laughs> oh my god absolutely a normal a normal thing <laughs> um yeah i did not re-listen to the episode so i honestly don't know what the hell i was doing at the time um but i didn't re-listen i just honestly read our doc yeah i well what i can say is um and i feel like i maybe have talked about this already about a year and a half ago i was like "Mm, let me check in on my bias i'll have sex with a cis man and it was and how'd a, that go? It was a terrible experience. <laughs> it was really, really bad for many reasons. Um, Including it, him specifically as a person, I would like to say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not, like, saying that was the nail in the coffin. I'm just saying it didn't help me uh, consider. It didn't help. Cis men. Um <laughs> Oh, it definitely could be the nail in the coffin. I just wanted to roast him personally as well. Yeah, understandable. (laughs) Um, And yeah, basically, I mostly date non-binary people is what it has been. But yeah, I generally just lean towards being really gay. I also um, took a year after that terrible aforementioned uh, sex experience um, and I just didn't have sex with anyone for a year. Um, don't necessarily recommend it, <laughs> but it did feel important to me because I also was just like getting into situations that I didn't actually want to be in. Yeah. Um, so it was really helpful for me to kind of ground myself. Um, and now it's been, you know, a while since then. So mm-hmm. that's that's the tea on my update. Basically, just getting gayer by the day you love to see it amazing um well since i wasn't on the original bisexuality episode and i don't think i've done this on the pod before i figured i would just give like a brief overview of my bisexuality so basically 
in like late high school, early college, I want to say I didn't experience attraction to anyone. I guess I didn't experience attraction to anyone that was actually attainable. Like I would have crushes <laughs> on like teachers or like mm. celebrities, but not like people in my real life that I could mm-hmm. actually meet and make out with. But I did start to like hook up with people and have sex, even though it wasn't really enjoyable for me just because I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing. I was like, I'm at the age where I should be doing this. So I'm just going to do it. And it was terrible. Uh, Then around like midway through college, I made out with a woman not actually for the first time, because all of my first kisses were like makeouts with women at sleepovers. Mm-hmm. Um, Classic. Like, which, you know, at the time we were like, this is definitely not gay. Who amongst I think us some of them wasn't were doing that? Now as well. I wasn't. Right. Oh. I mean, I think it's, it is kind of a normal thing for straight girls to do as well. I want to say that's because they're also a little bit gay. Yeah, but of course you know, it wasn't viewed as, like, a queer thing, and this was much more explicitly, like, at the time, I also thought I was a woman, so, like, we are two women choosing to make out. Um, But then, very shortly after that, I also started hooking up with a cis man, and we also had good sex, so then I was like, okay, so I guess I'm just fully bisexual, and I just didn't like any of the people I was hooking up with before. Um, and I guess I also just feel like it's important to say that there's a lot of discourse around, like, you can be bisexual and not have sex with anyone of the same or different genders. Like, you don't have to act on your bisexuality to be bisexual. And that is completely true. But also, you can act on your bisexuality to be bisexual, or you can just try things out and see if they're good for you. Um, and I think to Zoe's earlier point, like, it's also fine for someone to not be interested in that. And you should be upfront with people if you're experimenting. But like, I had to make out with people that I liked to figure out my sexuality personally. Um, I also realized more recently, I've been developing this concept. It's called the danger zone. And (laughs) it is about when a mostly straight, like basically someone who's like going to live their life as a straight person for the most part, but who's like a little bit queer, like maybe a Kinsey one or two or whatever, um, is in a close relationship with a mostly queer person who's like probably going to be gay or bi, like openly queer, but it doesn't know that yet is like closeted to themselves even at that point. Um, Basically, it's like the idea of being in love with a straight girl, like the sort of lesbian trope of like, oh, we're always in love with straight girls. But like, for me, it was really that I didn't know that I was queer, Mm -hmm. but I was in love with friends who were straight women who also I feel like often use their relationship with me to like experiment, like Mm. they would make out with me, but then be like, oh, but like, I'm not gay. Mm -hmm. I think partly because... I would not at the time say out loud that I was gay. So it was kind of safe for them Mm. to be like, I can like do this because this person is clearly gay, but doesn't know it yet. Essentially. I don't know if they actually knew that, but that is basically where I spent like most, uh, basically all of my like important romantic ish relationships until these aforementioned makeouts were like this type of dynamic where 
I wasn't out. The other person kind of like experimented with me a bit and then like dropped me. Mm. Um, So I don't know. I think it's like similar to what you were talking about, Zoe, with like feeling like you're sort of just a tool for someone else to like explore their sexuality, um, which I think is just like, it's hard when someone is doing it like somewhat knowingly, I guess, or like deceptively, like that they know they're not actually going to want to pursue a relationship, but they make it seem like they are and kind of like lead you on. Um, so that's where I would sort of draw the line between like, as long as you're upfront about where you're at, I think that's great. But like, don't make it seem like you're interested in something you're not because that's just going to hurt everyone's feelings. And Mm -hmm. also sometimes it just helps to be like, oh, I'm actually gay. So I should just be seeking out like queer relationships. And then Mm -hmm. you can just look for what you actually want instead of being trapped in these upsetting danger zone (laughs) situations. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And it's like everyone has to experiment at some point to figure it out. I'm just like, okay, I was doing that throughout high school for better or worse as I shared And so I'm not interested in reliving that at this point in my life. So like, and I have talked to people who have shared like that they're not sure they're like now coming to it. And I'm like, yes, I'm happy for you. I don't think that this is a situation that's going to be good for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And some people do just know and don't have to try it. I'm like, couldn't be me because I don't even (laughs) know things as I'm trying them sometimes I'm like do we like this who knows (laughs) um but you know I just think it's I I get why people like have an impulse to experiment but just do it ethically people please exactly um which many of my examples were simply not yeah just (laughs) not But everyone in my stories, we were very young, whatever. It's fine. You can still apologize to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next, I thought we could just like have a little fun, celebrate some like bi and queer joy by reading some silly tweets. And I was going to start off these, the ones I pulled are specifically my own like old tweets from like at least (laughs) a couple years or more ago, because I think that that. my former (laughs) self is such a, a silly little this is a silly little. Um, so the first one says, by visibility day means I'm ordering takeout from a place that serves sushi, but also Chinese food. And then I just want to share the update that I'm pretty sure I remember what this meal was, even though it was in like at least 2019. Um, the sushi was like gray and it was really oh. bad and horrible. And I think I got food poisoning, but that no. is the body experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't associate this with bisexuality. Get out of here. (laughs) My next, my next tweet, my next banger. (laughs) I should have written down the years because I think this one's at least like 2018 or 2017, maybe. Okay. Industry people. (laughs) Wait. At industry people. At industry people spelled PPL. If you're listening, there should be a movie that's basically Groundhog's Day, except the protagonist is a bi woman who can't stop being attracted to men despite all efforts. That's a banger. It's absolutely a banger. <laughs> Industry people, if you're listening, I'll still I'll still coin the movie. Sell the rights. I'll still sell the rights. And then this next one, I remember the exact context because I was at in New York. 
back when there was, um, or back when I was going to a gym specifically for queer people. And there was this really cute trainer. And the, the, the tweet says, quote, thought I had a new crush. Then I overheard them saying, I'm not an astrology queer. So it's over now. Absolutely. <laughs> the end. Thank you for tuning in. I tried to pick some best ofs. So I was just looking at tweets um, that did not come from me. Um, and one of my favorites just said, bisexual awareness week, send me money. Um, key reminder that we do have a Patreon and you can literally send us money. Um, or me specifically. Amazing. This is also just a random tweet I liked. It's Bisexual Awareness Week, so you have to think about me. And that, I mean, honestly, that's not true for me. Please don't think about me, but <sighs> you do have to think about bisexuals. You all can think about me. Listeners, okay, don't allowed. think about me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best one, though, that we have to celebrate, sorry, no offense, Zoe, comes from Cardi B. Um, oh, I, I agree. This is the okay. best one. <laughs> there was a tweet that was going around that was like celebrities who are bi but have never dated the same sex. And there was like Harry Styles, um, which is obviously whatever. Um, and then like um, Lady Gaga and then like Cardi B was one of the pictures. And Cardi B quote tweeted it and said, I ate bitches out before you was born. Sorry, I don't have razor phone pics to prove it to you. Yes. And I was just like, <laughs> love this. She also has tweeted in the past about how she quote unquote like ate pussy before she sucked dick. And um I'm I just I love that for her. Mm-hmm. I love uh, an early queer journey. Um so congratulations to Cardi B for having the tweet of the week and also being a bi icon. Absolutely. I don't take offense because mine weren't this week, so <laughs> or even <laughs> this year. <laughs> But yeah, so for the next part of the episode, we got some questions from Instagram and Discord, and we got a bunch of questions, so we're just going to get to some of our faves, and if we don't get to yours, then what I just said was kind of rude, but sorry about it. (laughs) I guess so the first one, we had someone who wanted us to talk generally about being bi in sapphic spaces. Yeah, so I could start like as I mentioned like I'm someone who's in a relationship with a man but I spend a lot of time in sapphic spaces like so I'm I'm entering that space as like visibly a bi person um or at least known to like the people I'm there with and in in my experience and this is like my you know specific experience but like and also like my friends are a lot in their late 20s and early 30s so this may be very different if you're talking about very young people but like in my experience people just don't care um like I guess in some situations people might but a lot of that is like very online and not so much IRL um and I think that like anybody that you want to hang out with like generally just doesn't give a shit and like this is as a slight sort of tangent part of the reason I think that I prefer the label queer and I prefer to hang out with other people who identify as queer, even if that's not their primary identification. Like if you're, if you identify as queer, but you're like, I, but specifically I'm a lesbian, like 
people who think of themselves as being queer. Um, because to me, like queerness isn't just the fact of being interested in quote unquote the same sex, um, whatever that means, but it's actually like really an orientation towards power. And people who identify as queer, a lot of times I would say are at least approaching comrade status. Like I've tended to find that that they tend to be people who are like, you know, at least kind of gay and also critical of capitalism or the cops or landlords or the gender binary or like have some kind of semi-materialist critique or or at least like left libs um and those people tend to be like oh you know if you're if you are also those things like great you're included let's hang out and like no one gives a shit if you sometimes hook up with men um to me it's like okay would you kiss any member of charlie's angels great then like let's hang out but that's just my experience (laughs) yeah i also just want to throw in there like i mean you know this is a question about more like spaces like Mm -hmm. community spaces and things like that but i think if someone is being an asshole to you for your sexuality they're just an asshole it doesn't Mm -hmm. actually matter what your or their sexuality is and like you don't want people like that in your life anyway. So if yeah. there really are people that are treating you that way, I say get rid of them. Throw totally. out the whole man and or person. <laughs> yeah. And you can check out our Queer Spaces episode for more on that. Or join the Season of the Bitch Discord where bi people are loved and supported. <laughs> exactly. I you were just going to say where bi people are. Where <laughs> bi people are. We yeah, where bi people are. <laughs> Got to go to our I mean, Patreon. That's also true to do that but i'm just gonna keep finding ways to plug the patreon yeah, throughout the episode absolutely. just as a heads up i mean all of these questions come from our discord patreon members so there you go perfect not all of them somewhere instagram but not all of them <laughs> so our next question here is how to date a man after a relationship with a woman without crushing her yeah Thoughts? i can also i can talk oh, about this too um as someone who as i mentioned was like pretty much exclusively dating women and then basically accidentally started dating a man who as it turns out is like the love of my life lol gross gag kill me um anyway the answer <laughs> is if someone is going to be crushed by you're dating the person who you want to date there's just really not anything you can do about it like you should be honest and forthcoming with that person if they're important to you and like that's actually something that i it wasn't always and that's because I was worried about hurting the woman that I had been seeing on and off before I started dating my current partner and that's definitely something I would change if I could go back but like in terms of how to to actually do this like the only way out is through I think like you just kind of have to do it yeah I also I'm realizing this is the exact advice I just gave pretty much but I think <laughs> if your ex is going to be upset not just like that you're dating someone else, which I think it's understandable to be a bit hurt by that, not to take it out on you, obviously, but like, we're all going to feel hurt when an ex starts dating someone new. But if they're upset by like something about your new partner's identity, like their gender, I think that's just a them problem. And like, it's not really your job to manage their emotions around it. Mm -hmm. My previous ex, the one that I broke up with, 
sort of stating that I was a lesbian and then came to realize it was really just I was too queer for that relationship specifically was very upset when I started dating a man he was like I was fine with it when it was women but now that you're dating men kind of like Zoe's friends like well then why can't you just date me and I was like I don't want to is sin. <laughs> But yeah, it I mean it hurt a lot, but it was also very much a, a him problem as as you said, Ozzy. Yeah, I do love how Ozzy's out here responding to every question with like they're an asshole. Don't just just Yeah, them, just tell which them is to good advice. <laughs> My when I first read this question, I was just like, I don't understand caring what an ex thinks. I I know a lot of people do. It's just me personally. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Sagittarius energy. <laughs> They're next for a reason. Um, okay. Our next question was, why are bisexual men so top tier? Which are they? I yes. wanted to respond to. I mean, I like. I, I think I've bisexual people share, go on. <laughs> are wonderful in general. But I guess, like, for me, as a non-binary person who doesn't, at least at this moment, have, like, the most easily classifiable gender. But, yeah, I often prefer to date bisexual or pansexual people because I know that they already have, like, some amount of experience thinking about their sexuality and their gender and or other people's genders. So, like, I at least know that they've probably thought about gender before, I guess. Um, (laughs) That said, this isn't a hard and fast rule. Like, I know plenty of bi people who have been really bad partners to trans people, and I know plenty of straight or monosexual gay people who are wonderful partners to trans people. Um, But I guess, like, everything else being equal, I do tend to prioritize dating other bi people because I guess I just know, like, we might be a bit likelier to have more similar understandings of how gender and sexuality interact and, like, how they don't interact or like don't have to interact but that's just my two cents as a bi person yeah like as I mentioned currently dating a bisexual man I really recommend it or like specifically him I guess um there were definitely like a couple of bumps that I had to overcome like I definitely had bit of a crisis whether it was possible for a cis man to like have equitable sex in the first place but I think like with the right person and I think it helps in the some of the ways that Ozzy said if they're already queer and like have thought about gender and stuff getting through that kind of thing um because also they're not going to be as like um wedded to a lot of gender roles if they're like I could hook up with somebody of my gender as well um and you know it's also funny because like he is um definitely more attracted to men than I am um he's like a self-described Kinsey too because we have had the Kinsey conversation and it's funny because he'll be like oh that guy's hot and I'm like okay like I trust your opinion on this one which is literally the same thing I say to my straight women friends when they showed me like some guy they matched with on tinder um so that's also like just a little kind of a fun dynamic um and it also has made it a lot easier for me to like in a way that I think is similar to what Ozzy has said, like, since we've been together, I've been like, okay, like, I think, you know, I'm on some kind of, like, non-binary scale, and he doesn't care because he's not 
straight. So it doesn't matter if I'm not a woman like he thought when he first started dating me. Um, and that is like very good and comforting. Hell yeah. So our final question before we close out is going to be one that says, okay, so do y'all feel that you move around in a space between empowering visibility, tokenizing visibility, restorative invisibility, and isolating invisibility? Or is that framing wrong or insufficient? And how do you approach that kind of space day to day? Okay, first of all, I just want to say I love this framing. I'm picturing like a political alignment chart, but it's like visibility, invisibility, good, bad, like that type of vibe. Um, I personally- I feel like that towards... completely makes sense with who said this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, you're so right. It's very like, I don't know, like thoughtful way of laying all of this out. Absolutely. Um, so I really appreciate that. But I guess I wanted to say a different option, which is what I will call gremlin visibility. This is maybe like introducing the like chaotic um, alignment into the chart. Yeah. Because basically it's just like where I like try to be most visible where it will cause the most chaos or where I feel like it's most needed. Um, and I think that can either be like positive chaos, like if someone's like, maybe seems like they're not totally straight and they're like about to realize something about their sexuality and maybe it could help if I just like be a little gay near them um or it could be like more sort of like I don't know not I this isn't really like negative chaos but more sort of like where I'm in like a negative relationship with someone like if I want to like annoy a cop or something like being gay in a way that's like I know someone's not gonna like this and I want to like push that a little bit um, I mean, also invisibility for safety can be really important. So I do want to say like, that is, there are many times where I'm like, this might be fun to be very visible right now, but it might also not be safe. So maybe I won't. Um, I tend to honestly just make those decisions based on like, I guess a combination of how easy it will be for me in the moment. And then also like further on down the line. So like, if I'm not going to spend more time with someone in my life than it will take to explain my sexuality to them, I'm just not going to bother because it's like, I'm never going to see you again, random stranger on the street. It doesn't really matter if you know that I'm not a woman. Um, but I do like make an effort to be visible in more like, I don't know, ongoing social situations because a lot of times it's just easier for me to like filter out homophobes by being very blatantly gay so that I don't waste my time investing in like developing a relationship with people who are just gonna want to control my sexuality in some weird way mm, absolutely <laughs> yeah it's an interesting question um I'm pretty femme and I want to be visible as queer while also like being true to myself and how I prefer to look and I do sometimes feel like you wouldn't necessarily look at me in the subway in New York and like know I was gay, um, partly because of how straight people here dress. Um, my my like running joke is like, is she gay or is she just on the L train from Bushwick? And um, I will say though, like I think I do look very gay compared to like straight Southerners. So it depends on you know where I am. But one of the things I like to do is wear my little rainbow bead bracelet. It's like a small sign, but I think it's something queers are likely to cock. And um, I also think my nose ring helps. Hell yeah. 
Um, I don't know that I've ever really been tokenized. I guess like that's not necessarily an experience. Maybe it is. It, uh, not that I've been aware of, at least. So I guess I don't worry about that element so much. And I would say that I couldn't be invisibly queer if I tried. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna be yeah, same. <laughs> I'm gonna be gaying it up. I'm gonna be making everyone feel like aware of the fact that there's a queer person in the room. Um, and I love that because similarly to what you were saying, it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna hang out with people who aren't like down. Yeah, I feel like based on what I said earlier too. I mean, most people in my life just know that I'm queer. They've known that I was queer since I was yeah. 17 years old. Um, most of my friends are queer. A lot of my relatives are queer and they know. <laughs> so, but I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily like talking about it that much per se. Um, I just feel like it's like existing and like people know that. I think also a lot of friends will like come out to me first and that I do love. I love when friends are exploring and want to talk to me about it. I just don't want them to ask me to hook up with them. Mm -hmm. Um, except for special circumstances and you know who you are and who you've been. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so I, yeah, I feel like maybe fluctuating between like empowering visibility and sometimes like restorative invisibility. Like if people, I think to some people I'm visibly queer and to those who I'm not, I'm not necessarily like jumping to tell them. If it's someone that like, I don't really know. And like, I'm not really going to know. I I don't feel like strongly that people must know upon meeting me or something. There are also people who are just invested in not knowing like the IT guy at my work, for example. Right. And I'm like, this isn't, that's like not a, a, battle that I'm gonna have for me I think it's valid if people do want to do that that's my personal thing um so yeah I don't know I guess that's where I fall on that I think it fluctuates depending on like situations but I had a fun little activity little exercise for us in the end so I was recently listening to a podcast Um, where one of the hosts was talking about how they were attending their high school reunion and they had a goal going into the high school reunion to make out with, they've talked a lot on the podcast about how they've been bullied in the past. Their goal was to make out with someone who had bullied them in the past and they succeeded and it was a really cute story. So this gave me the idea that it could be fun for us to end on like a sex or dating or some kind of related goal in our lives they don't have to be like in the line of making out with a bully just anything that you're hoping for for yourself in sometime between now and you know in a few years we're navigating bisexuality part three drops exactly (laughs) so i guess i can go first since since i've sent us down this rabbit hole um (laughs) so for me i really want to find a reliable dom i've been wanting this for a long time if anyone related to me is listening you did not hear that um i also want to keep like working on myself healing my younger self blah 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 but mostly the the dom thing yes i don't have like any major goals in this regard necessarily except in, in sort of the immediate term, which is that I have a crush on someone and I would like to kiss her. You know, I, I'm looking for ways to make that happen. Well, I think that's going to happen, assuming that she has common sense. Thank you so much. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, as per usual, my goal is to fall in love. <laughs> love to oh, see wow. it. As always, you can email us applications to date Laura at seasons of at gmail.com. And Ozzy, do you have any any goals? Oh any my god, now I'm like we should have we should have ended with that so that we could have just gone into the outro <laughs> from there. But oh no. <laughs> coulda woulda shoulda. Um, <laughs> I guess I I feel like I have sort of a like longer term goal to have sex with a cis woman as an openly trans person which i have never done Mm -hmm. which is kind of funny because i don't know it's like i guess i hooked up with women before realizing i was trans and then Mm -hmm. since then i have been in a long-term relationship with a cis man but then otherwise pretty much only only had sex with other trans people but sometimes like by accident where like I thought they were cis and then we started dating and then they were like oh just kidding I'm also trans and I'm like that's great I love that but it's just funny how that keeps happening um, so you know maybe one day that will happen also fine if it doesn't um I also really want to get better at rope so that's another goal. Oh, that I yes. Have. I'll update you all on bisexuality part three. Hell yeah. Absolutely. When we do our long awaited season of the B full reunion, we could take a ropes class. <gasps> wow, we totally should. Um, request to be the subject. <laughs> Accepted. <laughs> the reliable Dom was telling all along. <laughs> anyway um if if you're a cis woman hoping to hook up with ozzy you you can email us applications at season the b at gmail.com um if you enjoyed this episode and you're of of any identity and hopes for your life you can subscribe (laughs) to our patreon at season of patreon.com slash season of the bitch and you can tell us your your own hopes and goals around your sexuality on our Discord that we've been mentioning. You can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Season of the Bee. You can write reviews, subscribe on iTunes. You can do the little follow thingy on Spotify. You can, wherever you're listening right now, whatever their positive thing is, you should do it for us. Yes. <laughs> and i think that's it oh you should go to our website seasonthebee.com we have really fun merch that we always never tell you about um but you should buy it especially for spooky season it's oh, it's, it's great it's spooky, spooky and perfect and i think that's it love, love you. you love you bye bye, bye. Bitch. Oh.